Welcome, my name is Kate Doran and I am bringing you stories from the mat. These are real people sharing real stories about how their yoga practice has changed their life. My goal is to get as many people practicing yoga as possible. I hope their stories will inspire you. Let me introduce you. Okay. We're already in the conversation. Um, Jamie, Jamie Newman. Um, and I met you in 2020 on Zoom. And I actually looked back this morning and what I saw is the first thing you did with us is our osteoporosis workshop. Yes. Yes. Well, and tell me how you found out about that and kind of what happened from there. We'll just start there. Well, actually, um, so I ha I do take Prolia. I have the Prolia shot twice a year and I broken both my wrists and I broken my left shoulder and all very foolishly I tripped done silly things and osteoporosis entered my realm and I've taken many of your workshops actually uh, that was the first one but I've taken uh, well you explain how the body works I'm 76 years old. I'll be 77 wow. in November. And I needed to understand, <clears throat> excuse me, how one part of my body was affecting the other part of my body. Mm -hmm. And I think I took one on knees because I was having problems with my knees. I have so many booklets and a notebook that I go back to, Kate, and I look at what you've told me. Um, that's a real, like, that's my goal. I really want people to understand and have just be empowered around their health. And so right. people like you that attend all the workshops are my, <laughs> are my joy. Oh, I, I have, I took one in person. I think I took one or two in person and the others were on Zoom because again, I joined you in 2020. And I was a broken person when I joined you. Um, Do you want to share a little bit about how you found us and yes, how that all went down? I had been a caretaker for my husband for about 10 years. And in July of 2020, he turned 75 on July 1st. He passed on July 11th. Wow. And 50th wedding anniversary was that July 26th. Wow. So he had passed 14 days before our 50th anniversary. That's and we were, hip uh, yeah, typical of the Vietnam crowd. We'd been together since we were 18 years old. We went through college together, master's. I could go on and on. So I have a very dear friend, Marie Foley, who was also practices with you. And Marie has just, I mean, in 2020, we were wearing masks and we were locked down at our houses. Um, Phil's funeral had just my family and my daughter and her family are in Richmond, Virginia, and my son and his family are in Los Angeles, California. So, you know, on my support was there for a while, but thank goodness Marie told me that she'd been practicing yoga with you and you were online. And I kind of pooped her initially and said, Marie, I don't have time for this. And she said, yes, you do. And finally, Marie, I just want to give Marie a big high five right now for because yeah. this is what it's about is community and connection. And she reached out and said, you need this. 
Absolutely. And then you had one of your offers, your specials, so to speak. And I signed up. I signed up. And the first class was the 10 o'clock class that you were teaching, um, Stride Yoga. You were teaching, Kate. Mm -hmm. And I sat on my mat in a room that I had designated my yoga room. And I could not cross my legs. I was in such bad shape. I was sitting in like a zigzag arrangement with my legs. Mm -hmm. That's how bad things were. And um, your community, my yoga community, became my people. You were my people. Mm -hmm. And I was practicing every day. It was, it was fabulous. There was one class. Well, let me just say the prompts, the, the instructors, I knew they were watching me because they would say to me, um, you need to, you know, lean forward, push your hips back. I mean, I was getting prompts from the instructors, but you, one, in one class, you said, some people are getting stronger. I can see that they're getting stronger, Jamie. They're getting stronger. I must burst out in tears. So you and the classes just pulled me through this dark, dark, dark time of my life. And I, you know, I should be in class right now. I want to tell you because. <laughs> well, I have I have some news. Um, starting tomorrow, I'm teaching Sprymat again. So if you can make it to class tomorrow, oh, what? I can't. I'll be I, in there. But I will be there. I'm okay. Yeah, well, every Wednesday this fall, yeah, I'll be there. Very happy. And then I started meditation with you, and of course, we were all still at home. And that was another, that was another learning experience. Before we get to the meditation, can I ask you a little bit about the yoga? So the the you said the first class you took, sitting on the floor cross legged was hard. Yes, yes. Do you have any memory of how your progress happened and what your experience of that was? So just like looking back at the timeline and the awareness and sort of how you started to realize other than the you're getting stronger experience it was it was it was very small steps and i think within a week honestly a week or week and a half i was able to sit in the appropriate you know i could sit cross-legged on the floor um it it was a very slow process for me and uh, the prompts, again, the prompts that I was receiving from the teachers were amazing. They seem to, even now, they seem to say, you know, to um, tighten your abs. Um, they seem to say it at the right time. And <laughs> somebody, it was like somebody was behind me urging me to do the right thing. But I'm not kidding, just being on my hands and knees and lifting my leg towards the back of the room was a challenge at first. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, part of it is that all of our yoga teachers actually do the practice. And when we're teaching, I teach a lot of teachers to teach. And when we're teaching, um, our main thing is to teach from your experience, not from what you read in a book. And so I know when I'm teaching that I have to tighten my abs in certain places or my own body gets either unstable or it hurts or whatever the thing is. So all of our teachers are 
like my experience when I'm teaching is I'm kind of doing the poses in my mind and energy field, even though I'm not doing them with you guys. And that's that's how we know what to say because I stuff. <laughs> a similar experience. Yesterday, Joyce taught the 10 o'clock class and she very simply said when we were doing chairs, she said, today is not going to be the day that I'm going to be able to do. And I forgot what she even said, but I thought, oh, wow, you know, I can't do it either. So she actually made me feel better about what I was able to do and what. And then, of course, She's constantly giving, well, if you can't do this, try this. You know, if you, um, it, it's, it's, yeah. I think it's, when going back to 2020, it was a very slow process for me. But then I began to realize, wow, if I can do this, then maybe I can do that. And I started to challenge myself at that point. I fell once. I fell backwards. <laughs> forgot who the teacher was and all I heard was Jamie are you still there are you still there <laughs> it's like yeah I'm here but I'm on my I'm on my run on the floor I'll be back in a minute you know they knew I had fallen over which is actually pretty comforting yeah that you know had I fallen and hurt myself my guess is somebody would have made a call you know yeah that's that's part of our protocol for teaching teachers, too, is to keep our eyes on what's going on, because there are some of you guys that are on Zoom and, yep. you know, we have to pay attention. But that's right. the whole practice of yoga is to pay attention. <laughs> you to do that. You really do learn to do that. Um, it's been amazing. I, so, um, what's your regular physical yoga practice like these days? I It looks like you alternate between the power, the spry power and the spry mat class. How do you figure out what you want to do? Is it a day-to-day decision? Do you have a routine? I, I pretty much, well, I pretty much try to practice three or four times a week. I was, I was in there five times a week, but I'm finding that I've made other commitments now that the world has opened up. So I do some volunteer work. And if it interferes, I have got to work around it. My minimum is three. I've been known to practice on Saturday because I couldn't pull it off during the week. Marie keeps telling me I have to try gentle power, that it's time to spread my wings so I think I was looking at the schedule and I was looking to see it's at four o'clock in the afternoon. So I think I'm going to try that next. Yeah. Yeah. She was a gem. Our teacher for gentle power on Sundays at four. She's just a really special human. I don't know if you've met her yet. I have met her socially. I've not met her in the yoga classroom. So that's my next step, honestly, um, to try that. Well, and the thing is, is Marie may have told you all this already, but... All of our practices build on each other. So when you take gentle power, you're not going to be like, holy cow, what's happening? This is totally different. Right. If if we're doing the sun salutations in a way that's more challenging, you're just going to um, do what you can. And like you said, if you like to challenge yourself, you can start to add in the new stuff or you can just adapt it any way you need to. And that's what we want. We want people to practice consistently. And if that means Sunday you do gentle and you modify it, then that's right. You realize what you just said. You said, do what you can. Mm -hmm. I, that's, that's the motto. I, that is the motto. I, 
you know, when I hear that, it just encourages me to try. So, no, you're right. Everything does build. There's no question. Um, once in a while, I watch the people on the screen to see what they're doing. And I'm like, you know what, Jamie, get back to it. You're not here to watch. You're here to do this. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's useful. I think it's useful to have a reference, um, which you don't have if you're on Zoom at home and you're always just doing the practice. Um I mean, even I don't know if you've um, ever done this, but there might be a way on Zoom that you could actually record your own video like yourself. You could pin yourself um, and then I and record it. Um, first time I ever saw myself doing yoga um, was a long time after I started doing yoga. And I, it was really eye opening. I was like, oh, wow, like, I had no idea. <laughs> no, I had, you know, not out of judgment, but just out of like, this is the patterns that I see in my body. This is the patterns I see right. in my attention. This is the patterns right. I see. Right. Right. Interesting. I have to say, I must tell you that when I visit Los Angeles, of course, the 10 o'clock class would be at 7 o'clock out there. So that's when I go into the video library. Mm -hmm. And I go to that library and use the classes. But the, I really was very... Funny, one time I was out there, I picked a class that I evidently had taken online, and all of a sudden, Liz said, Jamie, what? <laughs> it was very, very strange to be, you know, three hours later and to be listening to Liz making a comment about my foot. So. The video uh, library is very useful when you're traveling. I just want to. I also think it's funny that you go all the way to LA, which is like the mecca of yoga, and you're like, oh, I'm I'm going to practice with the, my peeps in Savannah. Oh, for sure. I wouldn't even attempt to go into one of those. Yeah, I'm not even sure I have the right outfit. And does your does your daughter who lives out there does she practice yoga? She they have a gym in their house. She practices yoga she lifts weights you know when you're 40 years old you're in a much different place than than me yes in fact she took a picture of me doing i didn't realize she was behind me i was doing a plank she was so impressed that i was doing a plank pose she put it up on her instagram account <laughs> my mother it was my mo my daughter-in-law my mother-in-law look at her doing planks in her yoga class i was oh my goodness Oh, well, you know, and there's a funny thing about that is that, um, I mean, let me ask you about this. You said you're 77 years old. Yes. How old do you feel right now? I don't feel that at all. <laughs> I feel probably in my 60s, maybe middle 60s. And I go places and I tell them how old I am. And because they ask and I'm, they look at me like, what? And I know my mobility is much better than my colleagues because of yoga. You know, I'm not complaining about bending down and getting things or doing my gardening. And I know it's because I'm stretching my body and strengthening, strengthening myself. So Did you feel that way three years ago before you started yoga, like things were a little harder to do or has it changed or have you always been active? I've always been active, but in the last, I would say, 
2014 to 2020, my husband became so ill that my focus was really on him pushing wheelchairs to get him to doctor's appointments and whatever. So I was losing that strength in my body. I mean, I always walk my dogs in the morning. I walk a mile every morning, but I knew I wasn't doing what I needed to do. And I was in, I did see a psychologist when Billy's getting really sick because it was hard for me to accept what was going on. And she said to me, you know, caretakers tend to live five years less. They lose years on their life. And I walked out that day and thought, not me. Uh, uh, that's not going to happen to me. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I I hope it doesn't happen to me. <laughs> Anyways, but I, I really feel healthier now than I did then, for sure. Do you um, want to share at all about how yoga and the loss of your husband, if there's anything in that relationship? like your grief process and finding yoga? I think, you know, instead of dwelling on my loss, which I did terribly for a long time, even when I began yoga, I um, started to think about myself and regaining my health, that he would want me to do that. And honestly, this may seem weird. I don't know. But he had a special room. He was under hospice care, Hospice Savannah. I cannot say enough about them. Yeah, we are big fans. <laughs> we actually yeah. our fundraiser coming up next month. So I'm just going to mention that right now on the podcast so that people have that on their radar. Can't say enough about the care that they gave Bill. But for the last, from January until July, the day he passed, in fact, he passed at Hospice House. They moved him from our home there. I think it was because my grandchildren were here and they knew the end was coming. Mm -hmm. But the room that he was in with all the hospital bed and all the equipment, once everything was out of there, I made that my yoga room. Mm -hmm. That's where I have my mat. It's out every day. It's where I go. It's my peaceful room. So there is a connection between he and I. I know there is. But there always will be. Um, I love that, that you're going into that space every day that's held so much for you in terms of that relationship. Um, and I think yoga invites us to turn towards things instead of away. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I you know, you said this might be weird. I Some people might not be able to do that. And I think that it says a lot about your relationship with him that you want to be in that space. And that's a sacred place for you. It really is. I feel a connection when we're in there. And there's a peacefulness now because I know I'm. he was in so much pain at the end. That, you know, everybody says that you begin to pray to God. And I did. But now... There's a peacefulness in there, and there's a connection. I feel like he's with me when, when we, you know, when I practice. Yeah, I mean, if you've been with somebody for fifty years, um, mm -hmm. there is a connection that happens that's permanent, whether Definitely. it's physical or not. <laughs> Definitely spiritual now, for sure. But um, and that's why again the meditation was so important for me. 
Um, Let's talk about that now. I'm sorry I cut you off on that earlier, but I wanted to know good stuff yeah. about. <laughs> so tell me about meditation. I had never meditated in my life. And when we first, I started with you on Sunday morning at 7.30. Again, that was because of the lack of being able to go to church on Sunday morning. To be honest with you, you were replacing my going to church. And you, you were so gentle and you used so many different methods. I did take, I did take medication with other people. I think one was even in London, England. Do you know who I'm referring to? Uh, was it London or? Oh, Maggie, when she was living there, yeah. um, was one of our teachers. Yeah. Yeah. I was shocked when she told us where she was. It was quite amazing. But you use different approaches and I couldn't believe how quiet my mind could become while I was meditating. Magic. Yes. One that of the created magic. <laughs> really is. And the breathing that we did and listening for sounds and, you know, I, I've got to get back to it, honestly. I'm back to church, so I'm not doing the Sunday morning meditation anymore. But yeah, and I bought a few of the books that you had recommended um, and I read. But you know, one of the hardest parts of yoga for me is savasana when we're on the mat trying to quiet my mind down. Um, and that's when I start doing some of the breathing that we did in meditation. Um, so two things come to mind for me. Um, one is I just had this conversation yesterday about um, Shavasana being the hardest part of the practice. Um, and I remember that was my experience too when I first started practicing because our culture teaches us that doing nothing is not okay. Right. And I was very addicted to doing at that point in my life, like doing, 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 multi-doing. <laughs> right. And so um, getting comfortable being still was not my favorite part. I didn't, I didn't even see the value in it at that point. It was like, okay, like I have better things to do right now. Um, now it's one of my favorite things. Um, and, but it's been a 20 plus year drip to get there. Um, and I think part of that, what changed it for me was meditation. Um, and the regular practice of meditation. So there's kind of dabbling. Um, but I think meditation like yoga, um, it's a slow drip and, um, it takes discipline and a commitment to doing it. And the hard thing about meditation is sometimes we don't see the results immediately. Um, you've said that you have seen some results, like you saw pretty quickly how it helped you quiet your mind. Right. Uh, and there's a ton of science out there about how this works. Um, and hopefully some of that science is going to start to convince people that are skeptics about the value of quietness and um, being able to go from intensity to stillness. Um, for me, I don't know if I've shared this with you in any of the times that I've been teaching. Mm -hmm. um, part of what motivates me is knowing that there are going to be times in my life where I'm forced to be still. 
um, whether it's illness or injury or even just waiting. Or this this past week, I had to go get an MRI. Oh, <laughs> oh yes. It's the third time I've had one. You've probably had many, given all of your various things. That's, that you've had. Not pleasant being in that. No. When was the last time you had one? I had an MRI, I think, a year and a half ago. On my, on my head. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. And I'm telling you, it was tough. But I started with the breathing exercises. You know, that's how it works. It worked. Oh, for sure. It for sure. And until until I started doing meditation, I didn't realize I had access to any of that. It was like, just give me the drugs. Yeah, right. Like, don't open your eyes. Right. Freak out. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I I have to tell you, we there was a technical problem at the end of one of the classes a couple of weeks ago, and there was no music for shavasana, and we had a silent shavasana. It was so much easier for me to quiet myself down because I wasn't listening to the music. They're That's not great. It was fabulous. And there were all these apologies for, you know, not having the music. And I thought, oh, no, 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 no. This was a great experience. At least for me, it was. Yeah. Well, I have two suggestions on that. One is you're on Zoom. You can turn down your volume. That's very true, Kate. And, that. Yeah. And if you um if you're worried about falling asleep and missing something, just set an alarm. I mean, that's the wonderful thing about technology is you can there's um there's somebody that comes to the Zoom classes um who's been coming on Zoom for a long time and actually they live in a uh, um assisted living facility of some sort. Um, so they can't physically come to the studio at this point in their life. Right. Um, and um, I'm pretty sure they fall asleep in Shavasana <laughs> because they're usually the last one on the screen. And when I log out, you know, right. clean the whole room by then. Yeah, yeah, they're still there and they're just yeah. relaxing. And there's something to be said for that. If you need sleep that badly, if, especially if you're like an insomniac or something. You're right. Keep going in Shavasana. I mean, maybe that's the best sleep some people ever get. <laughs> How to ask that person what the secret is and share it with the rest of us on there. She might turn off her volume. <laughs> You're right. I may or take out her hearing aids or who knows. <laughs> right. I may just try that though because I, I could not believe, you know, I never thought I had attention deficit. But maybe I do in my old age. I've been listening to the music instead of listening to me, you know. Yeah. So What's interesting is um, the original yoga that I did was called, um, well, not the original yoga that I did, but the thing I that really got me deep into my practice was called Ashtanga Vinyasa. Um, and I went to India and I studied it. And in that style of yoga, it's always a 10-minute meditation or shavasana. Um, and there's no music. And so my original kind of depth and love for yoga came from a place where there was no music in Shavasana. So here's a little secret. That's how I like it too. <laughs> and, you know, in a group class with 15 to 30 people, everybody has their own experience of Shavasana. Right. One of the things that I do ask the teachers is to choose songs that don't have words. Yeah. Um, and we also get feedback from a lot of our students that a song with words 
that has special meaning can just really be a wonderful thing in Shavasana. And so there's so many different preferences that I've stopped being as strict as the leader of the teachers about, you know, <laughs> you can't do this. I used to like kind of get on people's cases and be like, you're not allowed to play that song. It's got words and it's going to create an experience. And for me, Shavasana is the integration of the whole practice. Right. Um, it's a chance for us to go inward and really be in that blissful state that the progression of the poses and the breath work leads us towards. And so I find it a very personal experience. I don't even want people to touch me. And you, of course, on Zoom don't have that experience. But, you know, at yoga studios, um, people will go around and give physical assists. Yeah. Asana, and they'll kind of massage you or ground you or yeah. massage your head. And for me, ugh, I don't like that at all. I just want to be in my own little blissful place. Wrong <laughs> little space, right? Yeah, no, I agree. I wouldn't want anybody touching me either. But I am going to turn the volume down. I never thought of that. How easy is that? Right. Is that? And if I don't get back up, don't worry about me. <laughs> still down there on the floor. If you've safely gotten yourself to Shavasana at that point, we let you go on your way. Right. Uh, well, you know, that's pretty much when I do lay down. It's like, okay, you made it. Made it. You made it successfully. And, and I look forward to the next class. That's the interesting thing. It's like, oh, it's not, oh, well, it's done. I'm over. It's like, okay, what's next? When When's the next class? So, yeah. Speaking of next classes, um, well, the other thing that I wanted to share is um, Holly is going to be teaching a meditation class on Zoom on Wednesdays at noon. Oh, interesting. Okay. So just a totally different time of day. Right. And it's right. starting this week because it's, it's brand new on the fall schedule. So tomorrow... Okay. At noon, if you can join her, she'll be on there leading her version of this experience. Oh, okay. It's really, really become a very, very adept yoga instructor. She has. She has. She, you know, it's interesting. She came to me, I don't remember when it was, at least six months ago. And she said, you know, I think meditation is where I really want to put my attention right now. Interesting. And um, you might not know Holly very well, but um, she's a very active, retired human being. Yeah. Um, and um, like a lot of athleticism in her past. Um, and so when she first came to yoga, it was really a lot about the physical experience. And um, she pushed herself a lot. And uh, it's just like kind of getting to that place of overdoing it, um, yeah. a little bit of resistance to the aging process and kind of how that all works. And we want to be able to continue to do all the things we've ever done. And in the last year, she shared with me that, you know, like she's really had to learn to back off on the physical practice. And she's found so much joy in the meditation that it's kind of this natural progression for her to get really interested in that part of her practice and that part of her teaching. Right. Very interesting. Yeah, I, I did meet her. I went to one of the classes where we went to lunch afterwards. Which, oh, yeah, I remember that. And I got to sit next to Holly and I got to meet her and she lives out here near us in Pooler. So, yeah, it was very cool. I guess, you know, having been a principal and having observed teachers over the years, 
that was my job, you know, to help them become better teachers. When I, when she first started, you know, obviously she was new at the practice and I sent her an email. I don't know how many months later I said, Holly, your classes are fabulous. They're smooth. You're going from one, you know, pose to another. And us old folks who just can't get down fast and get up fast are very comfortable with how you're going about doing the practice. So, um, yeah, it's just been amazing because I can't get down and get up fast. I just can't do that anymore. But ease me down to the floor slowly. Let me do, you know, what I need to do to get down there, get me to that plank pose, and then let me drop my body down and give me a minute to think about where I am. And life is good. (laughs) well, um, we're doing another one of those lunch things. Um, oh, you are. Or it's Lantros on, I think it's September 15th, whatever that Wednesday is. Okay. And um, hopefully we'll get a chance to see you in person if you're free that day. I, um, I actually, I can look this up right now. It's not the 15th. It's the 13th of September. So put that on your calendar. I will. I will. Okay. Thank you. I love the activities. It's um, it's fabulous. I love the website. I love your being on Facebook too, because I get to see what's going on, you know, with other classes and other. But I need to ask a question. When you have a donation class, when it says donation, what I, for the light? What does that mean? What does it mean? Thank you for asking. A lot of people have this question, and um, I'm realizing that we're not telling people enough about what it is. So donation-based classes, we do them in two forms. We do them at the studio. Um, At the studio, for ease of helping people understand, we have designed these classes to be pay what you can, starting at $5. Okay. So um, for people that find yoga too expensive, which I hear all the time, yoga is too expensive, um, we're trying to make it accessible. And in my opinion, $5 $5 for a yoga class, that's less than some people pay for their coffee. <laughs> that's pretty cheap. Actually. It's a great value. Yeah. Um, and um, it also values what they're getting by having to pay for it. Um, right. We do a lot of um, free yoga things in the community at different times. Um, and we also do yoga at the community centers all over Savannah. So the Chatham County Rex Department, we're partnered with them to teach at Lake Mayor and out here on Wilmington at the Frank Murray Center. And those are also donation-based classes. Um, those are cash um, donations. And most people donate $1 or $2 to take those classes. Some people donate the change they have in the bottom of their purse. It's meant to be as accessible as possible, but also um, show that there's an exchange of value. For all of the classes that are taught at the community centers, which is like Mary and the Frank Murray Center, every penny that's collected goes to Hospice Savannah. Okay. So um, the teachers are volunteering. It's their karma yoga. Um, Joyce teaches um, them and Fran teaches them and Jen's teaching them all over town. Um, And all of their time is um, their version of service back to the community. And all of the money that we collect at those venues goes directly to Hospice Savannah. That's a wonderful thing, Kate. Yeah. Thank you for doing that. Thank you. Well, thank you to the volunteers who are teaching it. Um, um, that's yeah. about 
Yeah. Now, and the classes that we do in the studio, the teachers are paid. And one thing that um, that I think people don't understand is if you have an unlimited limited membership, which you do, right. uh, those classes are included in your membership. So you don't have to pay on top of it. Some people do because they they like the idea. Right. Um, but really, um, those are meant more around economic access than around um, the donation to hospice. So we do our fundraiser every year and all of the donations um, that we do through that fundraiser go to hospice. I'm, I'm like the donations that are made in the um, in-studio classes go to our overhead and paying the teachers. Right. So my my the one person I well, I passed it along to several people yeah. what I'm doing. But Joycelyn Page in Ottawa, Canada is my friend. Yes. I said to her, you have got to join uh, Savannah Power Yoga. And she also was, of course, tied down. I mean, Canada was even more strict than the United States. So she joined. I believe that was in 2020 as well. And I get to see my good friend Jocelyn on Zoom when she's in class. We kind of wave at each other. So it was amazing to me. I mean, she's you're in Savannah and I've I've met you a couple of times, but Jocelyn's still with us. Right. Consistently, and we've never met her in person. You need to get her to come visit you. She's eighty-one years old. I just, oh wow! I thought you'd be interested in that. I hope she doesn't hear this podcast. She I will not help. She does. <laughs> I moved in two thousand nineteen. She lived in Savannah for many years, um, but went back to be with family when her husband passed. And uh, when we all we, when we text. The first thing she'll say to me is, I will be forever grateful to you for suggesting that I sign up for this yoga studio. That's it. I can't tell you the number of times she said that to me. So I want to pass that along to you, too. Thank you. Pretty cool. This Pretty is cool. my greatest joy is that, you know, in, in yoga, there's this word. It's parampara. And um, it means the handing down of yoga from either teacher to teacher or teacher to student. And this is how it works. I think um, at least 20 years ago when I started, 25 years ago, um, yoga was a little bit intimidating. It was like not as mainstream as it is now. And so um, really the way people found yoga was by word of mouth. Um, And I think that's still true in some communities where you know, it, it might not ever occur to them to go to a yoga class on their own. Um, and so you're doing what my greatest hope is, is spreading the word and bringing people into this practice. And hopefully Jocelyn's doing that too in her own way and the people that she introduces, because that's the way it spreads. It's it's rare that somebody's like, oh, um, I guess in my generation, it's rare that you know, like, oh, I'm just going to start yoga out of the blue without anybody <laughs> inviting me to do it. Well, many years ago, there were yoga classes here in Southbridge. My, my brother-in-law, who was a physician, and my sister came to visit, and I said, do you want to go to a yoga class with me? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll go. He was six foot three and had a... T- he was he worked out. He was in good shape. But he could not believe how hard the yoga class was. And he said to me, I will never, never again make a comment about people who practice yoga. That was tough. And I said, good to hear that. It was tough. It wasn't, it's not, you know, you have to work at it, but the returns are incredible. 
interesting. So. Is there any last thing you want to share before we say goodbye today? I would just, if it's okay, just like to encourage anybody out there who happens to hear this podcast and is just even thinking about it to call the studio and just make arrangements to go and take, you know, one class. That's all it's going to take is one class and they'll become believers like the rest of us. Just, it's an amazing place, amazing teachings. And I can't say enough, Kate, about what you've done for me. Thank you very much. You're welcome. And thank you for sharing your story um, and inspiring others to get on their map. Thank you for joining us today. If you would like to take a yoga class with us, you can find us at savannapoweryoga.com. We offer heated power vinyasa yoga classes, as well as other yoga for healthy aging, which basically looks like all of the other yoga, but has been mindfully sequenced to keep our aging joints and bones strong and healthy. 